You are listening to The Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Business Wilderness. My name is Ahmed Al-Huli and today I have a very special guest, Mr. Edward Borelli. Edward, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Ahmad. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Edward, you've, you've got a, um, a, a bit of a resume. You've, yeah. you, you've worked at a, at, a, at a few brands we all know and definitely got a whole heap of experience. Share it with us. Take us through it all. Where did it all begin? (laughs) So basically, uh, I've been in advertising, marketing, and brand, uh, working in different retail sectors for uh, about 21 years, over 20 years. Um, Not to to talk about how old I am, (laughs) (laughs) but I've been around this industry, so... I started uh, really on the agency side in the QSR industry, working with McDonald's uh, and Taco Bell. So I did that. Then from there, um, worked for Home Depot um, in the marketing department. And then the last 14 years, I've really been focused on fashion and lifestyle brands. So I was with uh, Levi Strauss um, for uh, six years. I was with Nike for another six years, and then the past two years, I was with uh, uh, New Era Cap. So great brands in the marketplace. Um, I've been uh, blessed to really work with some of the best retailers also that carry these brands in the marketplace. And for the past six months, I've been uh, an independent consultant working with some smaller brands, but learning as I go along to see how I can bring some of my experience to these smaller brands. Awesome, awesome. Um, I mean, you've, you've been in the game for 21 years, so you've seen a lot of change. You've seen many trends come and many trends go. You've seen heaps of patterns come, come, come through the retail world. Share some of those trends and patterns, those experiences, and the whole change in the retail world that everyone's talking about. Sure, sure. I think, you know, the big, this, we're in a fascinating time right now. So I've never seen anything like this in my career, and I think most people would agree. Uh, the marketplace is moving faster than it's ever moved before, and it's really being driven primarily uh, through the consumer. The consumer is really dictating what's happening in the marketplace. And brands are becoming smarter on how to anticipate the consumer's needs and wants. Uh, technology is definitely shifting the marketplace, right, as people um, look to be more digitally enabled. And then the other piece that's driving is culture. I mean, people are now connected unlike ever before. Uh, they're able to uh, reach brands, reach people across the world like, ever, like never before. And it's really changing um, the global outlook for everybody. So uh, you're getting innovation, thoughts, and 
uh, art and you name it from all over the world. And it's really uh, provoking change, provoking people to think differently um, in the marketplace. So uh, I think that's the biggest, those are the biggest things that are impacting what's happening right now. Okay. Um, so uh, the the internet empowered brands. I mean, uh, before the internet and social, really, you'd have to go out and get TV ads, billboards, so on, so on. Um, so it's it's made it's made advertising and marketing uh, at scale a lot more accessible. But one thing. Oh yeah. Oh one, yeah. Definitely. One, definitely. I think social has really changed the game. Yeah. Um, brands that used to beg to get into some of these big box retailers in order to capitalize on their footprint right now have decided that they can, through social, can reach directly out to their prospective consumers. And they're having tremendous amount of success doing that, setting up their own DTC platforms, uh, servicing the consumers like never before, creating their own outreach uh, programs, their outreach strategies, and right now they are actually not looking to get into to the big box retailers because they're having so much success reaching out directly to consumers. Yeah, but it's also made it a, a, a lot more competitive because it's a lot more accessible across the board. So yes, so as 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 a retail business or an e-tail, I should say, business. How do you build that edge? How do you stand out? How do you build that competitive advantage? Because now everyone got the same platform. What's what's it yep. come to after that? How do I stand out as a retailer? Yep. I think you know the biggest thing to stand out as a retailer is really grounding yourself in what you stand for as a retailer. And you know if if you have a unique proposition. If you have amazing product, that's you're going to find consumers. You know, it's uh, uh, that those are the main things that are driving people. And your uh, brand voice really has to be grounded in the story you're telling as a retailer and as a brand, and then also identifying servicing a consumer need in the marketplace. So. At the end of the day, you know, it's about being unique. It's about standing for something, telling the stories, and knowing who your consumer is, you know, so and leveraging technology as much as possible. Those are the brands right now, the independent brands that are seeing tremendous success and that are also growing extremely fast. Awesome, awesome. Um, you, you, you spent a bit of time at Nike. Uh, yeah, they've got a bit of a an, an innovative culture. I mean, yes. they're constantly staying with the times and ahead. Actually, bringing out yeah. new lines, new designs, new fabrics, new yeah. technologies. How how like from from your from your perspective anyway? How did you see that Nike was able to constantly keep embedding this culture in their in their organization life? What kind yeah. of things do you, do you think led to all that? Well, Nike, which which makes it such a successful entity, is that it's an innovation company. You know, 
Nike is always looking for how to improve their products, how to improve their services, and no one in the marketplace creates uh, the type of premium experiences that Nike does. I mean, Nike obsesses over the consumer journey, over the consumer experiences, and how to be completely seamless and how they go to market. Um, so, and the, and the biggest thing that grounds that is they know their consumers, they obsess over the consumer, and they are constantly creating products to fulfill the consumer needs. So that's uh, extremely important. The other big part is Nike has always found the ability to tap into what's happening from a culture standpoint. Um, they stay really close to what's cool. Um, success from a marketing standpoint was really judged by, you know, brand strength monitor and how team teens in this country and abroad were also uh, uh, looking at the brand and how they were judging the brand. So as a marketer there at Nike, yes, sales were extremely important, but they didn't really hold the marketing team to the same type of success metrics as a lot of other companies do. You know, they really pushed the marketing team to create cool and to uh, explore what's cool in the marketplace and amplify that. Awesome. And it doesn't make sense because that's the that's what you see on their social pages and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of it's not that you see that's front and center. They're not necessarily huge revenue drivers for them, yeah. but they have a very unique model that taps into what's cool and they're able to tell great stories around that, and that's what's exciting people right now more than anything, you know. And um, uh, Nike has also prided itself to really just creating the ultimate experiences. We would spend countless hours really looking at the experiences and our wholesale partners, looking at the experiences in DTC and making sure that Nike was was – the, the most premium brand represented, not just in sportswear, but period. You know, I mean, Nike judges itself against Apple's. It judges it judges itself against uh, um, Microsoft. You know, it, Nike really wants to be the number one cool brand for teams. They they definitely are an awesome brand. I'm I'm a big Nike fan. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I mean, we can't discuss retail and e-commerce without talking about Amazon. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the big, the big monster, the scary monster. What is it? They do forty-nine percent or fifty percent of e-commerce in in the uh, USA. They expand yeah. into countries. Into into they they recently came to Australia last December. Be, before they came, people were panicking. Pe people were still panicking. They reckon that they've cooled down now. That they they're not as scary as what people think, but I think a, a, a lot of people here are missing the point. They're, they're, they're missing the point because they don't really understand, I mean, what Amazon's going to, to do to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the whole landscape. First of all, they got their, their Amazon Echoes. That's the, the voice-based assistant, AI-based voice assistant. And that's going to be flooding into homes all all around Australia. That's going to become the homeowner's best friend. So when they need stuff, Alexa, whatever, 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 whatever. 
ordering them becomes so simple. That's the first step. Second step is all the transport, I mean, logistics issues, they'll get solved because they got money, they got tech. That's, that's all solvable. Doesn't matter what, what anyone says. So this organization is going into countries and they're transitioning the way retail operates. They're transitioning the way the consumer purchases. They're, like it's, they're doing phenomenal things, things that we've never seen before. And they've been here for less than a year. They've got 5 million monthly visitors. So how are these companies, how are companies like Amazon able to, to do this? I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. It's almost like a takeover. Yeah, you know, the thing about Amazon is Amazon's not the new kid on the block, right? Amazon has been around. I did a commercial with Jeff Bezos years ago for Taco Bell and uh, in the 90s, right? Wow. In the late 90s. I mean, they're not necessarily the new kid on the block, but they had an overarching objective to be the number one uh, consumer consumer retailer in the world, you know, and I think what Ant was making Amazon so different than everybody else is the fact that they're giving access to everybody, you know, they are uh, also creating new platforms and ways for people to interact with shopping and experiences and spending money. The big thing that Amazon has also uh, has realized, is, which is funny, is that they have realized that they need to be more than an e-commerce retailer. They need to uh, be integrated throughout the marketplace in the physical and uh, in, in terms of relevance in the digital. So they're even moving to the brick and mortar space. So that's a huge shift for them. But what Amazon is doing is really staying ahead of the innovation curve and uh, they're anticipating the consumer's needs and they're staying way ahead of that. Jeff Bezos obsesses over that, you know, and um, they've really set the model for everybody to think about. The biggest thing is you can't go against Amazon. You know, I think you know, retailers have, have shied away from Amazon for years. Brands have shied away from Amazon for years. It's really how do you work with Amazon to get to reach audiences maybe that you haven't been able to reach before, and how do you leverage them in a way that's smart for your brand? Uh, so I think companies that are trying to go against Amazon and are afraid to be on the platform or feel that it diminishes their brand, they're really missing out overall so um, and they have a lot of room to grow like you said they're still expanding into other countries uh, we're gonna have even more players in this marketplace as some of the, some international players start going after the, the US marketplace like Zalando like JD.com uh, uh, like Alibaba you know so we're just we're just getting the first taste of this but there are, there are a lot of uh, e-tailers out of the marketplace globally, and we're going to see a lot more um, services and a lot more seamless experiences coming into the marketplace because of that. Absolutely. The future is definitely interesting. Um, Edward? It is. It is. It's exciting time. I think, you know, people, and especially people who have retailers and brands, they're a little bit afraid of that, 
you know, but these are exciting times for us to really push the boundaries of how do we service consumers in a whole different way. And um, uh, I think this this is an exciting time to be into the, in the retail game. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree with you. Um, Edward, we've got many startups that listen to our podcast. What 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 are, what are a few tips or pieces of advice you can give them as that that are starting out and trying to establish their brands in the whole retail world and or retail world and establish a footprint and build a successful company a, a retail company? What's some yeah. advice you can give them? I think the number one advice I give people is really take the time to understand. You know, who, A, who you are, you know, what are your values, what are your objectives, what are your maxims that you're going to that you're gonna, uh, go into the marketplace with because um, that's what's interesting people. People want to connect with brands in a whole different way. Brands have become very personal, you know, so really take the time to understand that. Then I think the next step to that is look, look at your product. You know, and ask yourself the question, is there re- a real consumer need in the marketplace for your product? You know, and if there is, and then if you're staying true to your values and you're, and you're developing your brand uh, uh, based upon those values, then, you know, it's a matter of now just being smart in how you execute it and how you deliver uh, seamless experiences to retailers and to, and to, uh, and to consumers. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, awesome. I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure. You, you, you've shed some, some light upon us, a lot of great insight, a lot of great advice. Where can we find you online? So, I mean, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn has been a great tool for me. So, uh, Edward Borelli on LinkedIn, that's B-O-U-R-E-L-L-Y. Uh, and then, you know, I also have my own site. People want to reach out to me directly and see my portfolio. And that's uh, edwardborelli.com. So that's, 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 those are the best places to reach me. Awesome. And to hit and to see what I'm talking about and to engage in conversation. I, I really enjoy doing that. Awesome. Awesome. Edward Borelli, thank you so much for joining me on the Business Wilderness. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You are listening to The Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs.